93.9 The Eagle, broadcasting live from the Zimmer Radio Group World Headquarters. This is the CEO Roundtable with Fred Perry. ready for interviews with movers and shakers from our community as we dive in for a deeper look inside Columbia. Now, here's your host, Fred Perry. And welcome to the CEO Roundtable Show. Fred Perry, uh, your host this weekend. Glad that you have joined us. Uh, we are excited to welcome uh, two people that had been on this show before uh, back to the Eagle Studio uh, to talk uh, about something pretty exciting that's happening here in Boone County. And uh, it's my pleasure to welcome... Uh, uh, Tim Roth, who is the founder of Roth Landscaping, Superior Garden Center, and a few other enterprises, and uh, Taylor Burks. And we're going to tell you why Taylor here is here in just a few minutes. But uh, Taylor and Tim, good to have you guys here. Good to be here. Thanks, Great. thanks, Fred. Uh, Tim and Taylor, like uh, what was the name of that show? The uh, the handyman uh, <laughs> home, improvement. home improvement. There you yep. go. Okay. Oh, my, about that. Just don't go there. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, so. Tim, why don't we start off and, and tell folks that you, you've been in business since 1985, uh, and a lot of people in, in our listening audience already know you and, and uh, have, have dealt with you and, and uh, uh, have a lot of respect for you, but talk a little bit about your background. Where'd you grow up? Uh, grew up in Chamoy, which is in Osage County, Missouri. Grew okay. up on a dairy farm down there. Um, I always tell everybody I graduated top 10 in my class from Shamoy High. How many yeah. kids were there in your class? Oh, there's 18. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. That's, that's more than 10. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's great. And uh, how did you end up in Columbia? Um, I came up here um, studying at the University of Missouri. Um, planned on getting a dairy science degree and actually going back and taking over the family farm, mm-hmm. obviously never made it back there so yeah any regrets about uh as you look at what's happened to the the dairy industry in in the last uh, couple of decades uh any regrets about not going back to the dairy industry uh none whatsoever we we realized uh really my second year in school that there was really no way the size of what our farm was that it was going to be a long-term future Mm-hmm. Uh, endeavor to even look at so and did your uh did your childhood involve uh, getting up in the morning and milking cows before you went to school oh yeah <laughs> i learned recently that and people are gonna or oh, they're gonna know i'm an idiot now but uh, i our, my wife told me the other day that you have to milk cows twice a day twice a day some yeah. some people three times so. really yeah. okay and uh so uh, my my wife's father was uh, we grew up on a dairy farm and and so I was hearing about all their struggles and and uh, but anyway that's uh, that is a tough business uh, to be in and especially if you're not uh, a CAFO or yeah a very large yeah you know, and, you know the family farm end of it is just kind of ended dairies are more almost corporations anymore yeah it's the only way they can really compete so yeah give us a quick history of Ross Landscaping and Superior Garden Center okay so uh, I was up here in. Um, um, 85 80 82 actually Mm -hmm. didn't really know what landscaping was but i started to work working for one in the evenings and on weekends and then over the summer um in 1985 that individual kind of just pulled up and moved out of town and uh we started we started taking over the jobs that he had done Hmm. and really really just never looked back after that point yeah did not go back to school that fall and we had several employees by the next year and it just kept going so wow very good uh any regrets about not finishing your degree 
Oh, I, I really did. held your back. I can tell. <laughs> I did tell my mom, "Oh, I'll go back and finish someday." So I would, uh, uh, it's so, not too late. So I'm running out of time. <laughs> yeah. And how did you? Uh, people will remember Superior Garden Center from uh, being out at the, the Sky High Drive-in. Correct. Um, mm-hmm. After the drive-in closed, uh, uh, tell folks how you got into that business. Um, well, we looked at we look we actually had a garden center over by the uh, it's big old tire it was Como Tire I believe back mm-hmm, then mm-hmm. over in Peachtree, oh, and okay. then um, uh, we did a lot of work with Elvin Sapp and um, and he kind of showed us his property in 1996. Uh, uh, we were able to build that that facility, yeah, and we ran it there until I believe 2007, right before the economy crashed. Yeah. So. Okay. Must be a good spot for landscaping business. A brand new one has popped up there, I, I saw. So I see uh, that. New headquarters. <laughs> and so, um, Taylor Burks, uh, you, uh, are, uh, you're in the news this week because, uh, you have, uh, recently accepted a new position and, uh, you are, uh, becoming the, the president. Is that correct? Of, of, of the Rost Enterprises? Yeah. That's what they call me. Yeah. <laughs> what, uh, any kind of special salute they give you or is it, uh, no, that's why I still go for <laughs> <a> president. <laughs> yeah. 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 So tell us about that move. Uh, what uh, uh, you recently ran for Congress, yeah. and uh, you'd served as a uh, a clerk, uh, the the county clerk here in Boone County, first Republican in two hundred years to have that position. Uh, but now you're uh, you're jumping back into the business world. Talk about that. Yeah. Well, I mean the the campaign ended up where it did and and performed well here in Mid Missouri, but our congressional district now focuses on Kansas City, and so. Mm-hmm. Uh, just and, winding and everything west of Broadway, yeah, or north of Broadway, <laughs> north so, of Broadway, yeah, 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 yeah. And so, you know, this is just a, always an opportunity for us to reflect on what my career looks like after that. We knew Congress was, you know, it was just an opportunity, and you, you, you run where uh, God places you, I guess. Mm-hmm. And and uh, uh, but from that, um, had had a number of conversations about what my wife and I want to do next. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm in my mid thirties, 36, a year younger than Ross, yeah. uh, landscaping. <laughs> oh, <Thanks. okay. laughs> oh, I thought you meant the man himself. Yeah, okay, both. He, right. he says he founded it when he was five. So. <laughs> I can count. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, this was one that came up. And so there's anytime you, you, you start a new chapter or look at, at the next stage, there's this, you know, angst and uncertainty and talking to Tim and Toby and, and what they have going on over there. Um, we never had that and it was always like is this is this what we want to do next not because uh we don't feel good in the company or with the family it's this is kind of different than what i've done Mm -hmm. you know uh being a navy officer for almost 16 years now being a logistician a supply chain guy uh with the university and then getting appointed and serving in public office like those are different things in big organizations and do i now want to go work with a a a pretty big small company here in mid-missouri yeah yeah. And so, again, in those conversations and how that came up and just the, the repeated time I spent with Tim and Toby and my wife and the boys being out there uh, at Ross Landscaping and at Midway Golf and Games, it just became evident that this is where we really wanted to invest the next stage and, and uh, years of, of my life and my family's life and uh, enormously peaceful in that. And so that's why we feel like God's definitely called us and planted us yeah. uh, here with this family. 
He still uh, answers questions like a politician. Have you noticed that? Yeah, you know, it kind of just goes on and on and on and on. <laughs> but yeah. it's, it's kind of nice, though. But I, I, I've known you both for a long time, and, and uh, your core values align very well. I mean, you guys really uh, share the same uh, value set, I mean, in terms of integrity and, and the way that you treat other people. And and uh, that's why you've been so successful in business, Tim, and that's why your employees love working for you, and that's why they've been around a long time. And so uh, it's it sounds like it's going to be really a great marriage and and uh, so congratulations the the big news this week is uh uh on wednesday evening uh you all broke ground uh for uh, a new venue here in town out of the midway exit called top tracer uh tim tell us what top tracer is well um about several years ago we ended up uh buying originally 50% of Midway Golf and Games, and then about a year or so ago, we bought the other 50% and came, became owners of it. So we always looked at expanding this business, mm-hmm. and um, um, after looking at a lot of different opportunities and opportunities coming to us, we kind of settled on this Top Tracer venue, which is um, uh, basically indoor golf. Mm-hmm. Um, we you can um, It's everything from a driving range to where you can play uh different venues and different courses on the screen yeah um top tracer is hooked to every other top tracer uh facility in the country so you can actually play with people in other parts of the country there'll be tournaments countrywide tournaments yeah. and everything like that's that. that's pretty cool so, yeah um and it's sort of a, a taylor is quick to admit that he doesn't know much about golf but but taylor walk us through the technology i mean what if you uh, you're standing uh, first of all top tracer is owned by top golf we should probably say that right, right. can we say that is that legal to say it you we, can say that I can say it. Okay. <laughs> all right all right um so uh if you've seen if you've driven by a top golf uh you see people out on these uh what i would call decks or terraces and they're hitting balls out into this great big open field and and you see nets that are you know 75 to 90 feet high mm-hmm. uh to so that you don't hit the cars on the highway going by uh so taylor if tell our listeners maybe especially the ones that don't play golf what happens at Top Tracer? Yeah, so Top Tracer technology, there, there are two different types of technology that are used in these facilities. One have special golf balls that have chips in it, and yeah. it, it's that chip relays a signal, and so the ball is always known where it is by this computer system. Yeah, And you can do a lot of games with that, and uh, some of the bigger facilities are known for that. What Top Tracer technology does is a little different because it's got like a radar system that is tracking whatever ball is hit off of each bay. Mm-hmm. And you can do the same sort of games. And, and when you're, you're talking about golf, not on a course, but at a range where you're not just practicing your swing or, or doing what you would normally do off of a tee. Yeah. When you're now tracking the ball, you can do things like play a game that's simulated in a golf course that's a thousand miles away yeah, or some five thousand miles away. world famous golf course in Scotland. St. Andrews yeah, right, or any right. number. Yeah, yeah you, you can do that now that you know where you have to hit the ball and you have a screen and a monitor and a group of friends around you who are able to interact that way. Yeah. And so it's you're able to do it in a much smaller footprint, too, than either having to travel thousands of miles away or to have hundreds of acres for a golf course. Yeah. Tim, what would you add to that? Um, I'm not a golfer. I, yeah. would, add, <laughs> I would add to that. But Corey Neeson is. You've got a golf pro out there that's Correct. a pretty so, talented golfer and, and uh, has been giving lessons for years, right? So the one thing I would add to it is that um, 
It's the Top Tracer came along as Top Golf's uh, small market venue. It's mm-hmm. it's their technology, and then we we lease it mm-hmm. um, to have it at our facility. But as far as a golf, an actual golfer goes, the Top Tracer technology is um, a lot more useful to them. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not as much as just entertainment. Although it is, yeah. it still can it still can relay back to what a golfer's wanting to learn about his game. So. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, my understanding of of the environment, you have some uh, uh, wonderful uh, renderings that you can see at uh, ninety three nine The Eagle on their uh, website. Uh, Brian Housworth has posted some images, but but you basically have these suites, and uh, while you're playing golf, uh, uh, where there is it's. There are some creature comforts that are allowed, uh, like uh, there there is a bar and restaurant right there that, uh, and you can order uh, drinks and food to, to to be brought to your suite. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's it's great for like a um, well, it's just a great time to hang out with with buddies or uh, girlfriends, whatever. Uh, but it's also a great company outing. I think that uh, this would be a great way for people to sort of build uh, to kind of bond with each other and build some camaraderie. Well, the the, the People, the amount of people that have asked us to do something like this is really one of the big reasons we went ahead and moved on, along with it. Yeah. That all the different companies that come out to Midway Golf and Games now all had expressed interest in having more, you know, banquet facilities, restaurant facilities, and then this top tracer. So mm-hmm. you'll be able to go in as a group of four and rent a bay, or you can go in as company and rent the whole upper floor if yeah. you wanted to for a complete 18 party. suites is what we're talking about right now? 10 down and 8 up. Yeah. yeah. Uh, are you? Is it appropriate for me to ask you? Of course it's not, but I'm going to ask you anyway. <laughs> uh, what kind of an investment does something like this require? Uh, about twice of what we thought. Okay. So. <laughs> good, good <answer. laughs> you called me the politician. <laughs> Look at this guy. <laughs> that is, uh, that is uh, the standard answer for anything you build uh, these days. Uh, twice uh, twice as much is, is the lowest I've heard. But uh, um, So when you... Um, uh, when you look at Midway golfing games, and we haven't talked much about that, I think most of us that just drive down the highway um, think, well, I... They assume that there is a uh, well. They, I, I think most people would be very surprised. You know, it's a par three, eighteen hole golf course. Okay, Correct. Mm-hmm. but and I, you just assume there's mini golf over there somewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's a lot more other things right now that are currently available. Talk about what are the other amenities uh, on that tract of property. Uh, well, the newest one is we just completely rebuilt all the batting cages, so they're all okay. state of the art now, top of the line batting cages. That they were the, really the only thing when we bought it that we hadn't redone. Um, Toby and I's ideal from the very start was that this would be a family area and that not everything that was on this facility would be just pulling people out money out of parents' pockets. Mm-hmm. So we have a lot of free games, uh, family areas, and a lot of things to do while you're playing the mini golf. But there's also axe throwing, archery tag, um, and like I said, the batting cages, and we're just all adding something all the time. So, so archery tag. Uh, tell me what physically. I, I for some reason thought that was a paintball course over there, but <laughs> but is it a laser light or are you actually getting hit by some kind of arrow? 
You're getting hit by an arrow okay. with a blunt end on it. <laughs> with a blunt end. Oh, good. Uh, Hopefully. It's not something that would poke out your eye, though, No. Right? Yeah, depends on not. which kid has it, right? Yeah, that's right. Uh, I have a kid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Lucifer. We know about your kid, yeah. So anyway, we're, we got to wrap up this segment here, but uh, we're visiting with Tim Rost, uh, who is the founder, uh, co-founder of Rost Landscaping Spirit Garden Center, owner of Midway Golfing Games, and their brand new president, Taylor Burks. And so when we come back, we're going to talk to you a little bit more about what you can find uh, on this 120-acre parcel and uh, we'll talk about some of the process that it takes to uh, build a complex like this uh, on the edges of the city limits that and more coming up on the ceo roundtable i'm fred perry you're listening to 93.9 the eagle This is the CEO Roundtable with Fred Perry on Hot Talk 93.9 The Eagle. And welcome back to the CEO Roundtable Show. Fred Perry, your host this weekend. Visiting with Tim Ross, the founder of Ross Landscaping, Superior Lawn and Garden, or uh, Superior Garden Center, I should say, and uh, Taylor Burks, who was named this week as the president of uh, the Rost Enterprises. And, uh, you know, we haven't talked about, um, uh, you've got your own nursery. Uh, is it Salt Lake, Salt something? Salt Creek. Salt Creek, Creek yeah. yeah. Uh, tell us about that, that facility. Um, so our whole company is kind of vertically, vertically integrated. So we, we really needed to supply a lot of our own material. So mm-hmm. we started that, oh, way back in the nineties and it's grown. Um, but we have, we've been as much as, had as much as 600 acres of nursery stock up there. Mm-hmm. And we're currently about 250 some yeah. acres of nursery stock. And we mainly grow all the larger size material that we need for the, for our landscape job. Yeah. So. Um, for people that listen every weekend uh, to this program, uh, thank you, first and foremost. But you probably heard Larry Potterfield last week talk about uh, the new Midway uh, USA headquarters, the distribution center that was built out of uh, if you if you drive out there, you can tell that the Potterfields made a very intentional uh, investment in landscaping, just to really make that campus look beautiful. I mean, you went from being a sort of a barren uh, cornfield or bean field to uh, you have a nice building on the property, but it, but uh, the rumor I heard that there were you know over a thousand new trees planted out there and and you know mr potterfield's response was well you know i really don't make a habit of counting the trees i make a habit of counting the money and i know that i spent <laughs> 1.3 million dollars on landscaping at that building and so but you can really tell i mean that's real that's uh when you when you see somebody uh, you know it's you really get the idea that you know what this is important the way that we look from the curb uh yeah we're going to be doing something kind of mundane on the inside but the way that we look to the to the to the public uh is pretty important uh, what was that job like for you uh what the best part about that job is not only is he uh, has that vision to do it he mm-hmm. also knows what it takes to take care of it mm-hmm. so he's actually put in place um, long term, not just short term, even new owners, it's all in place that that will be maintained at the level that he has the vision for it to be. Yeah. And uh, really, you haven't seen anything yet. I mean, we're we're getting ready to start the second phase of that, which will come all the way up, all the way up J and go all the way down 40. We're putting the ir- 
it's really just started the irrigation today. As a matter yeah. of fact, so. that's going to be. Uh, and then there'll be a new building going in called the Roosevelt Building, which office building, and and uh, which will be just a stunning. I mean, it's it's a brick colonial looking building, uh, Georgian, I guess. But um, do you know how many trees were planted on that property? Uh, currently, yeah, there's close to 1,300. Yeah. 1,300. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah, so uh, that's that's pretty impressive to make that kind of investment. Even the city's arborist wouldn't make you do that. So <laughs> no, I don't think <laughs> they might would. try, but, <laughs> but uh, they legally couldn't. I'm sure. But um, okay, so we got off track. But but by the way, this was a pretty hard summer on trees. I I noticed as I drove around Columbia that especially the evergreen trees, for lack of better words, they, they really, uh, it, it's interesting uh, just the number of dead trees you see around town. And just a word of warning, when trees go into dormancy this dry, the winter is extremely hard on them. So mm-hmm. best of your ability is keep that ground as moist as possible going into winter, even though they don't have leaves because it'll show up again in the spring okay. what's going to die. Yeah, so. interesting. Okay. Uh, someone said there was a ground fungus or something uh, that was are you f- familiar with that at all, or is that it's below your pay grade? Always something. <laughs> right, yeah, truth. All right, back to Midway Golfing Games. Okay, so we talked about some of the things. So you have a full 120 acres out there, and and uh, the the plan is to, to fully develop that and, and make that a complete family entertainment center. Uh, what, what Tell us about your vision for the rest of that property. Well, I think that there are uh, enormous opportunities when you have that much space. Uh, I said Wednesday night when we did the groundbreaking, we are the welcome area for Columbia. When people are coming from Kansas City into Columbia, they see our property. Beautiful, uh, beautiful golf course, mini golf, our facility there. And so uh, for us to be able to build more uh, family entertainment, outdoor activities right there at Midway, I think is going to be good, not just for Midway, not just for Columbia, but for Mid Missouri, yeah, um, and and there are a lot of opportunities. Tim has said before that the the list is a mile long for what people have approached us about to do at Midway, and so we want to do something that is meaningful for this community, but also meaningful for families. You know, it's interesting. Uh, back in the nineties, uh, Columbia was really considered a regional hub, and people would come here for Columbia Mall, which opened in nineteen eighty five. But you know, now that the mall has sort of hit some hard times. They'd come here for the Home Depot, the the Walmart Supercenters, the Sam's Club. But now, you know, Jefferson City, Moberly, all these surrounding communities have all of those uh, facilities and amenities themselves. And so there's not too many things other than healthcare that make Columbia continue to be a regional hub. And so having a, a venue that is so unusual in scope, you know, and magnitude, uh, like Midway Golfing Games and the new Top Tracer, uh, that's going to really help contribute pulling those people in from Kirksville and Moberly and Macon again, uh, you know, like uh, we used to have in the 90s. That, that's right. I mean, we get we get customers and people that bring families or company events mm-hmm. from Sedalia and Marshall and Boonville and yeah. Mexico and Moberly and Macon. Like this is this is a big part of mid Missouri. And so yeah. we are a part of Columbia in this community here, uh, but we already serve mid-Missouri, and, and this just becomes a bigger and better attraction for people to, to revisit Columbia, maybe not in as danger, dangerous a part of town as yeah. uh, what Columbia is coming to be known as. Yeah. yeah. Well, and it's also, you got to realize that, you know, a lot of people have connections with Columbia out of Kansas City and out of St. Louis. Yeah. That's a pretty good haul one way or the other. Yeah. 
we're right there and we can pull we can pull uh visitors in from both of those bigger areas too yeah. not just the smaller areas yeah. so it's something to do when you drive in if you are trying to decide whether or not you're going to stay a night after a mizzou game or whatever it's it's just one more thing to, to on the to-do list that uh, mm-hmm. makes columbia a better draw uh you're, Tim, you're building a 16,000-square-foot facility. What else is going to be in that building? Uh, so it's going to have restaurant, bar. Um, Midway's really kind of doesn't really have a whole lot as far as uh, opportunities for food and, and things like that. Um, and then we're also putting in a banquet-type uh, facility. It'll be with the inside and covered outside. Uh, it would handle up to 300 people. Wow, for a seated dinner. For for a seated dinner. Yeah. Um that was something that came to us from a lot of our existing clients now that they they were really looking for indoor facilities to do things like that so mm-hmm. it was a kind of an easy call yeah good and uh so uh you'll have the uh suites for top tracer you'll have a bank facility you'll have a restaurant uh a drinking establishment uh anything else in that building that's uh that our listeners would be interested in not at this current okay time, so. all right very good um do you uh plan to attract more tenants to this property you have 120 acres and you're you're uh you're only using a, a, a part of it what uh are you thinking that you have some potential for some more neighbors uh we're actually working on on things really the neighbors we would be looking for would be complementary um um kind of the same venues that that we are in but um we're working on several of those right now. Uh-huh. Um, none of them are far enough along to say, hey, this is a great possibility. But yeah. uh, I think people realize with Top Tracer going in there, the amount of people that that's on a track that they can come in and kind of do a win-win situation there. Yeah. So, uh, Taylor, you uh, are, th- are currently chairman of the Big Brothers Big Sisters organization. Is that right? Yeah, uh, president of the board. So part of the groundbreaking this week, it, that was probably the largest crowd I've seen at a groundbreaking in Columbia history, but but uh, you you had something called uh, uh, Top... Let's see. Uh, we did a big long shot competition. Big shot, long shot. Yeah, yep. sorry. Okay. Uh, and there were 12 golfers that competed. Yep. It all raised money for Big Brothers, Big Sisters. Big Brothers, Big Sisters. Uh, did they ever announce who won that? Uh, who, who actually won that We did it there. Uh, it was Jeff uh, Poe. Okay. Uh, I think sponsored by Harper, Evans, Wade, Nettemeyer. Okay. I think I got all those in, in the right order. Yeah. Now, does Jeff Poe has some history out there? Is that is Was his father the owner of that at one time? I believe he had something to do with it, yeah. Okay. I don't remember. the. I, I, I get a little confused about the uh, uh, the, the history there. But uh, so Jeff Poe. Yep. Uh, won the contest uh, any idea how long the shot was uh 330 was the three, only 330 feet. <laughs> <laughs> was it was it straight or was there a great big hook on you it? know i was not <laughs> no it, it was it was extremely straight it was like oh my gosh <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's great and but they raised a few thousand dollars for uh big brothers big sisters right yeah a little over two thousand yeah. dollars for an event that we just said hey we we have the space if you guys want to join and use yeah uh this as an opportunity to bring in sponsors and to raise over two thousand dollars with no overhead for yeah. a not-for-profit. Yeah. That's huge that uh, Tim and Toby and the family uh, wanted a partner in that way as well. Yeah. Um, so I uh, I was there, and I will tell you, I, I enjoyed the, the wings from D-Rose. And They're awesome. <laughs> the uh, Peggy Jeans pies. Yeah. Uh, oh, my goodness. So I also uh, see, saw you enjoying the log boat. Hey, hey, with, hey, hey, hey. hey. <laughs> Bobber logger. This is a family program. <laughs> the only one I can stand to drink. But anyway, uh, so... 
Um, when you when you look at um, the other things that are happening in that midway area, I think it, it's kind of interesting, and I think a lot of people uh, probably don't know what's happened. But but uh, uh, people who listened last weekend will know. But uh, Mr. Potterfield uh, donated those four buildings that used to be the headquarters for Midway USA, correct, to some local not for profits, uh, and uh, they will be taking over that facility, and so. Uh, the Boy Scouts being out there for one, that's going to attract a lot of people uh, oh, yeah. out to that area, and they probably would be a great partner. Um, and uh, but uh, you know, I, I it's kind of I want to talk about Midway because uh, when I was the the Southern District Commissioner, I I spent quite a bit of time in Midway trying to to uh, sort of figure out some of the challenges that they face, and and sewer has been a huge challenge in that area. Mm-hmm. Uh, back in 2015, Columbia voters uh, approved uh, running sewer out to Midway, um, and uh, but, but that never happened. Uh, seven years have passed. They've been collecting taxes on that for seven years, and, and it, it hasn't happened. Uh, what is your plan for sewer in that area? So uh, we we originally were in Boone County, and um, we exhausted every effort we could to uh, uh, work with Boone County to upgrade the sewer that we had there to do this exist or a new project that we're wanting to do. Mm-hmm. So it finally became evident that we had to be annexed into the city was the only way they were going to allow us to uh, hook onto the city sewer system, mm-hmm. um, and. Um, ended up that by us fully funding a um a forced main under Persie creek and into the sewer system along sorrels uh that's how that's how it finally ended up that we could get sewer and go ahead and move along with our projection yeah so, so uh this next bit is fred perry talking not taylor burks or or, or uh, <laughs> uh tim ross but but I know this is something that's kind of frustrated me because I, you know, I had a lot of constituents out along Gillespie Bridge Road and, and so forth. But, but you know, um, I don't know what year that sewer line was put in, but it, it was done with the help of federal uh, tax dollars coming in. But, but my recollection is either a sixty or a seventy-two inch sewer main, sixty inch, I believe, sixty yeah. inches that runs along the Perchy Creek. Yeah, and um, maybe that sounds bad that it runs along the Perchy Creek, but there's there's absolutely zero danger of uh, of of pollution or any kind of anything like that. But, but my understanding is that uh, even through today, only seventeen percent of that sewer's capacity is being used and so but there's 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 a real reluctance to let columbia grow beyond to the west of perchy creek uh has that affected you in any way well we did get we did get annexed and we're basically i think maybe the only piece of ground that is now in the city of in city of columbia west of perchy yeah, yeah and west of perchy yeah, yeah that's what i meant and um um it all comes back all the time to well it's we have to have a long range plan we have to have a long range plan um that being said uh, the county really has never stepped up to move anything along midway wise and then mm-hmm. the, and the city's been hesitant without a long range plan so in the meantime it just kind of sets out there stagnant and yeah. it's like taylor said earlier it's kind of the gateway in the columbia from mm-hmm. the west so yeah yeah that's that's disappointing because when you look at the the opportunity i mean you, you there is zero sewer capacity in south columbia down to mcbain so you really you won't see builders building any more houses down there unless they create their own sewer systems 
but we have all of this open area between uh, between the Perchy Creek and the river. Beautiful flat land. Uh, you know, looks like prairie to me. But you know, we have the infrastructure. But it, we'll we'll talk more about that after this break. We are visiting with Tim Rost and Taylor Burks uh, from Rost Landscaping and Midway Golfing Games. All of that and more coming up after this break on the CEO Roundtable of ninety three nine the Eagle. This is the CEO Roundtable with Fred Perry on Hot Talk 93.9 The Eagle. And welcome back to the CEO Roundtable show. Fred Perry, your host this weekend. Uh, glad that you have joined us uh, visiting this weekend with uh, Tim Rost, the founder of Rost Landscaping Superior Garden Center, and Taylor Burks, the new president of the, the Rost Enterprises. Um, and... Uh, a big part of that team uh, is Toby Rost, who is a very lovely woman and uh, a beautiful woman, very smart woman, and uh, she's kind of the brains behind the business, right? Uh, she really is. Uh, I'm sure she, she is. She really is. I'm sure I'd still be just one pickup truck if I wouldn't have married, uh, wouldn't have married Toby. Married so, up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Where's Toby from? Where'd she grow up? She grew up in St. Louis, Sunset Hills in okay. St. Louis. Right. Yeah. I met her at cash register training at dillard's um really yeah. what department were you working at dillard's um households household okay yeah. very good ask me some questions i, I will uh, <laughs> what, um, what what size sheets do i need for a california king <laughs> i told you you didn't know what you're talking about um and what department was toby in uh she was in kind of just across from there and i think it was more or less households, but more in yeah. the sheets well, so, and towels. So Dillard's opened in 85. You came to school in 82, is that right? Correct. Okay, very good. So you I worked were... at JCPenney's for a lot of years in UPS. Okay. And then in 85, when I started the business, I still worked part-time jobs. And then I went to Dillard's uh, for a Chris, that Christmas season oh, in yeah. 85 and yeah. worked a couple Christmas seasons for them. Got a little extra cash and a wife. Yeah, yeah. and then lost all that extra <laughs> <Yeah>. cash. <laughs> Not because of the wife. Yeah, of course not. He didn't say that. All right, very good. Well, um, that's that's. We were talking about infrastructure and sort of uh, Columbia's westward expansion, and and uh, and I know there's resistance to it. That that you know, there's a lot of people in Columbia that just want no growth at all. Uh, but you know, as you look at um, housing, our housing stock. Uh, in, in Columbia. And, and it's, I feel like I'm wasting my time talking about affordable housing, but, but, you know, there's a lot of people who are, uh, coming to Columbia, uh, because of the university, because of the hospitals, because of Veterans United and, and Equipment Share and some of the major employers. And, uh, there really isn't a great selection of housing stock for them. And, and really, um, as you kind of see what's been built, uh, west of the Perchy Creek, uh, that'd be a wonderful area to live in terms of proximity to the interstate, proximity to, uh, uh, getting into town without having to drive all the way out to Thornbrook, you know? Well, you know, nobody really wants a whole bunch of new neighbors, but the reality is that that that's what this town needs. And, and what I hate even worse is to see all this ground west of Percy Creek get chunked up in the 15-acre, 20-acre tracks with a lagoon. Mm-hmm. And uh, it just – so we're building this buffer zone from Columbia – then we have this all these 20 acre tracks so where are we gonna go when we really need a lot of housing because all this ground is getting eaten up yeah. with uh with 
what is acceptable to put one lagoon on. So yeah, I, I think our zoning ordinances are outdated. I, I think the idea of, of, of having a, a minimum five acre tract, depending on the zoning that you have, is you know there's a lot of city folks moving out to the country who uh, want their roads to be paved, and they decide fairly quickly uh, after getting out into the country that mowing five acres uh, it's that's a day long project. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so it's it's uh, it's not often, uh, but I think that sort of the way we live has really changed and there are some people that want to be out in sort of that more rural settings but requiring them to have a minimum of five acres or 20 acres is really somewhat archaic and so we got to look at that again well and to, and to that point fred they create artificial constraints on what the supply is for housing stock if we're concerned about affordable housing yeah. if we're concerned about having labor here in mid-missouri or yep. columbia whatever the concern is if you refuse to allow growth to accommodate those you just drive up prices yeah and that's yeah. why we see housing that's out of reach for many first-time families who are yeah. coming to columbia they yeah. have to rent or they have to live in jeff city or callaway or fayette or, or pick another area in all great towns but not as good as columbia could be if we didn't artificially constrain where our growth is going to be and midway is one of those places yeah. you know we'll, we'll continue to serve city of columbia mid-missouri uh but it's it's a prime location for columbia to continue to grow and expand what we do well here yeah i, I think that one of the things that um you know and i, I want to go back as positive as we can about this but uh, you have to make quite an investment to to uh, it's not just throwing up some buildings uh you had to come up with a plan uh to connect the sewer to the city uh what's involved in in that kind of just from an engineering standpoint is that something that is uh, uh pretty overwhelming uh with the right engineers i mean you really can't do anything without a civil engineer anymore mm-hmm. and uh, the city was actually very accommodating to us uh from from the very beginning they really thought this was a good thing for the for the city of columbia mm-hmm. yeah. so they did they did help uh help us in a lot of ways the city was um, somewhat handcuffed by the fact that anything that they would concede to do would be a new precedence yeah that, that and they would they were quick to bring up well this has had to be turned down here here and here so we can't do it here yeah and uh so so in the end it was you know we had to exhaust everything first because yeah. this was by far the most expensive route for us to go yeah but we finally did have at least have a route to be, to go there because yeah. otherwise we were dead in water so. and i i guess we should point out that you re, did you receive a unanimous uh approval from the city council to be annexed in uh minus one minus one which is pretty much unanimous yeah okay i get it completely uh we won't mention any names Ian thomas all right uh well that's that's i mean that's quite a feat i mean so uh, you must be a real charmer to to get, convince the council to to let you do um, something as uh, greedy as uh, building a, a new development. <laughs> um, so, and again, uh, this is going to be a nice source for sales tax revenue. Uh, for uh, I'm sure that's going to it's going to help hotel uh, the hotel tax, but also uh, you're going to be. Um, generating some some sales tax revenues that have not been out there and you know uh when midway usa was uh on a very near nearby tract uh the city really couldn't benefit from any of 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 their transactions because they were uh in the county uh and uh, not paying that city sales tax but now 
Um, they have moved out to 40 and J, which is a long ways from the city limits. And I'm sure Larry Potterfield hopes it stays that way for a while. <laughs> uh, but he's donated his, uh, I think the really interesting dynamic here is that he has donated, uh, all four of his buildings out there to not for profit charities, which means they come off the tax rolls. You know, and so it's kind of a, uh, so really, uh, you're going to be the bright shining star out there. You're going to be generating some nice revenue for the city of Columbia. Uh, we should certainly hope so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Good for you. Um, so when you look at, um, uh, the, the annexation process was, was how complicated was that being annexed into the city? Uh, for me, not being a developer, it was really complicated. Mm-hmm. Um, luckily, um, John States of Little Dixie and, and Tim Crockett with Crockett Engineering um, were pretty much pros at it. They knew the right steps. They knew the right uh, people to talk to, mm-hmm. um, you know, just to get in front, get an audience is difficult. Yeah. Um, and uh, once we had that and were able to tell our story, um the hurdles were still there, but then it all made sense, and we were able to go through them uh, fairly easily. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, what is the significance of Van Horn Tavern Road? Do you know? Uh, Van Horn Tavern was actually a kind of a stayover hotel area. I think it was built originally in eighteen hundreds, eighteen. I think it was one hundred and thirty years old, something like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, the building was actually taken down. And is I think it's in St. Louis in a museum. That's what I heard. Yeah, yeah. really. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, but um, it closed like in 1970, I believe. But it was actually, it it wasn't necessarily a full drinking establishment. It was kind of a traveler's tavern way back when. That's yeah. where people stayed. Yeah, so. Van Horn Tavern dead ends at Perchy Creek. Correct. No. Well, it does, but it's a Van Horn as far as what the state owns ends right past the Potterfield. The, all of what's on our property is privately owned. It okay, was but, deeded over to us. But so. Van Horn Tavern Road dead ends right for the Correct. Okay. And with the new annexation, we gave, uh, or Mr. Scott gave them an easement uh, all along I-70 for an outer road to cross over at Sorrels, which is uh, more than needed in that area. It's yeah. Com- I noticed that uh, the day of your groundbreaking that there was some incident there on I-70 outside of your your complex there. and every day. And (laughs) and it was just amazing how much traffic had backed up. And it wasn't even an accident, you know what I mean? And and so, uh, yeah, that idea of getting across Pritchie Creek, and and if you live off of UU or Gillespie Bridge Road, uh, you know what happens when there is an accident on I-70, and and all that comes right down through Columbia. So, Mm -hmm. uh, to to get back on I seventy, and so uh, do you think uh, it's in the long term plans for the state to to build an additional Columbia exit there? You know, they tell you it's not really in the long term plans, but I don't see how it cannot be. Um, not only is just makes sense, but on a safety end, there's very few places in uh, on I seventy that that block a major intersection from being from any traffic getting around it basically yeah yeah. and um uh it's it's pretty important i would think yeah Yeah, i mean long-range plans that don't actually come to fruition are just an opportunity to kick the can down the road yeah we see the issues out there any of our infrastructure in columbia um we want to align long-range planning is great but if you 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 now have short-term problems because you didn't do anything yeah um something needs to be done so tim says it it, it's ideal in a long-term plan i think the city and and the state uh need to be looking at a a medium-term short-term plan for how that connects out there because 
we saw it with the Rocheport Bridge that when uh, there was risk of that uh, having to come down yeah. or the the construction the repairs that would have to go on that uh, this, simultaneously yeah correct yeah, yeah. Um, it it became a panic issue because how do you connect western missouri to yeah. mid-missouri you don't you go through iowa that's right yeah that's right yeah <laughs> that's right yeah. And, and on a smaller scale that's where city of columbia is yeah so tim uh w- one of the ideas of, of bringing taylor into the organization is that it's sort of a uh, kind of a for lack of better words uh, sort of the next stages you and toby want to enjoy um uh, a little bit more personal time. You've got some causes you're pretty uh, affectionate about and, and pretty passionate about. Um, so what does the future look like for you and Toby? And what's the future look like for Midway Golf and Games? Um, well, we're not riding off into the sunset. Yeah. However, we're not getting any younger. And yeah. there, we like to go on a lot of mission trips and things like that. And mm-hmm. we'd, we'd like uh, for that to not be such a burden on us to be able to leave. So... Um, we see so many small businesses wait too long to try to try to come up with some sort of transition yeah. plan. Exactly what that plan is, um, uh, we don't have in place, and that's what Taylor's going to help yeah. us uh, uh, move forward with. But we got so many great employees, um, and um, and you got a son and a daughter that uh, are st- sticking around. They're both in yeah. the business and yeah. both work in the business, and um, uh, we just would like to see it grow and, and keep going, um, but. I mean, I'm not really thinking retirement. It's not my style, really. Yeah, so, yeah. and I love what I do. So, you might sleep in until four thirty in the morning. Yeah, I might. <laughs> I never know. I would say, Fred, just to add on to that, that as somebody from the outside looking at coming in, uh, that's the the only question mark is how does somebody from the outside fit into a family owned enterprise? Yeah. like this. And from day one, Tim and Toby, Allie and Brendan were a part of this conversation of what yeah. does it mean for Taylor to come in and be a part of this family enterprise yeah. at this point and there were there were never any concerns or questions the the constant reaffirming thing is that great people create great culture and great pe- uh, great culture attracts good, good people. people that's right and awesome. so that, that was that was where our comfort yeah. level was that's uh, tim ross and taylor burks uh, congratulations on your success and the groundbreaking of top tracer we'll be back next weekend with another edition of the ceo roundtable this is 9390 this city is my city and i love it yeah i love